the children are invited to, to follow Miss Catherine to Children's Church. Again, welcome to First United Methodist Church. It's a joy to see you gathered here and especially a joy to welcome all those who are worshiping with us online. Uh, if you are worshiping with us online, take a moment and comment so we'll know who's out there and who, who is part of this body of Christ worshiping today at celebration service. Also, I encourage you to take a moment and fill out your pew pad at the end of your pew. A couple of announcements. You likely notice the beautiful flowers that are behind me. The arrangement is in honor of all of those who volunteered with gift to Gadsden. It was a great week here at First United Methodist Church. Over 200 people participated in classes and fellowship and learning together. Uh, and I give thanks for all of you who served and volunteered and participated and made this week possible. Also, you'll see a rosebud on the altar. This is in celebration of the birth of Log Rhodes Logan Hill. We give thanks for his new life among us. Also, I just want to say uh, that Christmas in July has been a great success. And if you were one of the ones who missed a Christmas stocking because they are, were all gone, they have been restocked by popular demand. So head out through the Chestnut Lobby and you can pick one up. Those are due back next week. Now let us pray as we worship our Lord with our morning offering. Come Holy Spirit, fill us, renew us, bless us, unite us. Help us feel the presence of the risen Christ among us. God, it is so good to gather in your house this day and to lay our prayer needs before you. For you know our needs before we speak them. So we lift to you those who come with heartache and sadness and grief and struggles. And we also lift to you our community, our nation, and our world. God, we ask that you help us in our path to discipleship. May we grow closer to you. And may the gifts that we offer you today give you glory and provide for ministry in this church so that all might know your love and grace. Amen. We will worship our God with our tithes and offerings.
Before I begin today, I want to take a moment of personal privilege. Um, sadly, uh, James is taking another job. Uh, he, yeah, he is um, Yeah, taking another job that puts him on moving jobs that's putting him on weekends. Yeah, so... After 17 years, he will not be with us in the celebration praise uh, praise band. That's that's a big gap, James. We will miss you greatly. Thank you for your service, the First Methodist. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> You're so awesome. And uh, I was so focused on James that I forgot my sermon notes, and that might be bad, and my Bible. So we continue in the sermon series Extraordinary. And in my opinion, we have saved the most extraordinary for last. How God works through common elements and ritual and his grace to create some of the most extraordinary and holy moments of our lives. If you have your Bible, I invite you to turn to the third chapter of Matthew. Matthew 3, starting at verse 13. Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved with whom I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray as we explore baptism and what it means in you and through you and because of you that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So when one of my daughters was baptized, a very gracious woman came up to me and said, I have a gift from you for you. I have brought back water from the Holy Land and I would like you to have it for the baptism of your daughter. I was highly honored because it would mean my daughter would be baptized by water from the Jordan River. How special. Well, the day came of my daughter's baptism, and she brought a glass jar filled with water. If you've ever been to the Holy Land, you know that they sell purified, bottled water that you can take back with you and enjoy 
in your home or place forever. This was not such a bottle of water. Envision, if you will, that you went to the Coosa River, or better yet, that you went to the slough behind the Gadsden Mall where the Canadian geese like to frolic, and you took a glass and you dipped up some water and left it in your hot car for a few days. That was what was in that jar. And I stared at it, and as a first-time germaphobic mother, I thought, this water has the power to eat through my baby's head, and I'm not going to put it in the baptismal font. Of course, this woman was very kind and gracious, and I wanted to honor her gift. So what did I do? I took the glass jar, and I put a few drops in the font, and the rest was chlorinated water from the tap. So my daughter can say that she was baptized by, with water from the Jordan, just, just a small amount. But the truth is, it, it doesn't matter where the water comes from, who baptized, who is being baptized, the amount of water. The key element is the Spirit of God. God's Spirit and this means of grace is what makes all the difference. Just as it did with Jesus' baptism, when God the Father proclaimed that this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The scripture reading for today is Matthew's account of Jesus' baptism. Jesus has just begun ministry, and John is in the wilderness area of the Jordan River, and he's baptizing folks, and he's, he's drawn a large crowd. So Jesus goes there, and when he arrives, John says, no, you should be baptizing me. So they go back and forth, and finally they work it out, and John just baptized Jesus. And Jesus comes out of the water, and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, alights and comes down, and a loud voice from heaven proclaims, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, scholars have debated for years, why was Jesus baptized? After all, this is sinless Son of God. Why did he need to be baptized? Well, some argue that he was baptized taking on the sins of the world, baptized for you and for me. Others would say he was baptized out of example, that uh, it was an example for you and me. As our Lord was baptized, we should be baptized. Still others say that this was a commissioning, an affirmation of earthly uh, his ministry that he was about to begin. Thus, when the Spirit came down, it was a commissioning for Jesus to go and do the ministry in the Galilee region and eventually head to the cross. Whatever the case, it is incredible to realize God's presence in that moment. And God was present. The Holy Spirit was present. God was not only present in Jesus Christ, but that moment was very, very sacred just as it is in our lives. In the United Methodist Church, we have two sacraments, baptism and Holy Communion. We're going to look at Holy Communion next week, but for today, we're going to look at the sacrament of baptism. Baptism is a time when Jesus' strength and God's grace and holiness is made real in our lives. It's an incorporation into God's holy family. It's a marking upon our lives. It, as I said earlier, is one of the two sacraments. Now, why is it a sacrament? Well, it's because Jesus instituted these things, Holy Communion and Baptism, and it is a way that God communicates to us his profound grace and love. There is such power in Jesus' command to do these things, baptism and holy communion. And in turn, we experience that power in our lives. Now, in the United Methodist Church, our theology is a little bit different 
than some of our sister denominations. And some of you may be wondering, in baptism, why do we baptize babies? Why do we have both believer's baptism and infant baptism? Well, first of all, it's scriptural. In the Bible, there are uh, incidences or examples of entire households being baptized. That includes infants and children. Also, we believe in provenient grace, meaning God had grace for you before you were born. And God is a part of your life before you were born. He loved you before you loved him. And that mark was upon you in your birth. You are part of God's family. You are a part of the body of Christ, even as a baby and small child. Now, that's not to say that your baptism does not save you. It, it's an act of grace, but it's not a, a saving event. Salvation only comes through your relationship with Jesus Christ. Something else that sets us apart through other denominations is that we do not rebaptize. We believe that God got it right the first time. And that we honor your baptism wherever that may have taken place. We believe in church with a big C. Which if you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we honor that and celebrate that. And realize that our church is larger than First United Methodist Church. But we're part of the larger body of Christ. And some people wonder why we sprinkle. Why just a little bit? Well, the truth is we do sprinkle, but we also pour and immerse. I have baptized people in the Coosa River. And in light of what I shared earlier in the sermon, you may be wondering about that. But we do this because it's not the amount of water that matters. It's the presence of God that matters. So sprinkling or immersion, either way, we honor that as part of our baptism. So do you remember your baptism? I do. I was in junior high, and I had gone to Camp Simitonga and made a commitment to follow Christ. So I came back and told my pastor, and there that Sunday, I was baptized at the communion rail of United Methodist, uh, at Mountain Springs United Methodist Church. And it was a holy moment, and I remember that day even today. Now, my daughter Rachel may not remember her baptism that I talked about earlier, but she remembers her baptism. It occurred before she had memories, but when Rob and I stood in front of that congregation and took vows to raise her in the church, that church took vows too. And part of their vow was making sure my child, my children, with her sister later, remembered their baptism. They promised to help my children grow in faith till they could claim that faith as their own. Well, we moved churches. And the next church helped my children remember their baptism. And the next church helped my children remember their baptism. And eventually, my children were part of a confirmation class and were able to claim that faith for themselves in a profession of faith. Do you remember your baptism? Now, for some of you, it may have been a believer's baptism that you remember well. And for others of you, that baptism may have taken place before you had memories. But nonetheless... That was a special day where you were marked as a child of God and incorporated into God's mighty acts of grace through the church, through the family of Christ. If you were baptized, I hope you remember that, either through the body of, of Christ or through your own memories. I hope you can still feel that mark upon your life. A church that I once served had a remember your baptism service. And afterwards, a family went out to eat. 
And their young teenage son was goofing off, and he looked over at his parents and said, Can you see it? And, of course, his parents did not know what in the world he was talking about. And he said, Can you see it? That mark that Reverend Cherry put on my head, do you see it? And they said, No. He said, Well, I thought you could see it because I can still feel it. His words made an indelible mark upon my life. Our baptism is something we're invited to feel and know is part of our lives. A few weeks ago, I reminded you that we are all ministers of the gospel. We are part of the priesthood of all believers. That means that we have a role to play in the ministry of the gospel. From the youngest to the oldest, this is not just the work of the preacher or the leaders, but it is all of our work in the body of Christ. We are marked at our baptism to be workers of the Lord, to be ministers of the Lord, to work to share the good news. I recently heard a story about our bishop, Deborah Wallace Paget. She was asked by a clergy person to tell her call story. Now, this clergy person expected a dramatic call story that led her into ministry and eventually the episcopacy. But her call story was quite ordinary. It was simple. It was a call story common to all of us. To that question, what is your call story, she replied, I was called at my baptism. You were called at your baptism. That is Christ's call upon your life. And today we're going to take a moment as we look at extraordinary to remember our baptism. Now this is not a rebaptism, but a remember our baptism. In a time for us to recall God, its mighty acts of, of salvation in our lives and how we are part of the larger church. It is a time for us to remember and recall and be blessed. Now, what we'll do is I'll put water here in, in this bowl. And if you would like to come forward, no pressure, you don't have to, I will make a mark on your head, remember your baptism, and be thankful. If you would prefer not to have a mark on your head, I can make one on your hand. Or if you would prefer not to be touched, then you can simply dip your hand in the bowl of, of water. This is God's gift to you. Remember that gift. Remember that this is just Ordinary water. I got it out of the tap just a few moments ago. But just like us, we're ordinary people and God does extraordinary things through us and because of us. God does extraordinary things through these means of grace and moments of grace. Amen. I ask you now, these questions declared at your baptism, either by you or those who presented you. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the powers of this world, and repent of your sins? If so, say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, putting your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water, and after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, 
nurtured in the water of the womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit and by this gift of water call to our remembrance the grace which was declared to us in our baptism. For you have washed away our sins. You clothe us with righteousness throughout our lives that dying and rising with Christ we may share in his final victory. Amen. You may come as the Holy Spirit leads.
James, for all your service to First United Methodist Church. I'm sorry. I'm not used to microphone. <laughs> and know that if, if God is calling you to respond to his grace in your life, if you have a prayer need or feel God calling you to the sacrament of baptism, profession of faith, or transfer of church membership, I will be available after the service to talk with you. Also, to let you know, it is my joy and privilege to announce that last Sunday at the traditional service, Beverly Godfrey, united by transfer of membership with First United Methodist. If you happen to run in her, to her around this place, welcome her. It is also my joy to announce that my family, Rob, Rachel, and Libby, joined First United Methodist Church by transfer of membership. And they assured me that they will support this church with their prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Welcome. And now go forth from this place. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace.